Welcome, everyone, to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host, Shane Grove, and with me, the newly released from the hospital, the super producer, Jason. Greetings, everyone. I picked this up a couple of fans while I was in the hospital, too. Did you? Yeah, two, <laughs> two, right. two doctors and a uh, radiologist. Sweet. What about all the nurses? Are they just... Uh, we can't talk about fa- that on the air. Okay, I was going to say, they're not fans of the podcast. They're just fans of the super producer. Is that what you're... Is that uh, it's what about you're, the size of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, I set you up. You could have been like... <clears throat> Greetings, everyone. You know, you could have really, you know, but you just came out strong. Like, you know, nothing was even wrong with you. Oh, well, I'm telling you, I don't feel that way. I feel like I'm experiencing life through a tunnel right now. I have so much antibiotics in me. Holy moly. Well, but enough about I, me. Let's uh, get on. We have a spectacular guest tonight. Well, we do. We do. But first, before before we get to our guest, I want to, uh, we, I want to say, while you were laid up in the hospital, we we hit a milestone on YouTube for our YouTube channel. We went over a thousand subscribers. So, to all our fans out there, our loyal listeners who got who get on YouTube and listen to us through that way, we appreciate you guys hitting the we subscribe appreciate button it and continue to share it. Yeah, a, thou, a thousand members is a or subscribers is a big milestone in the YouTube world. Yeah, that's you know? the first step right there. Yeah, yeah, it's first step towards financial independence well in our case uh improving our quality <laughs> in, improving our quality and and putting out a better product for all of our loyal fans so they won't be ashamed uh, to tell their friends to uh become loyal fans <laughs> <laughs> well um it, so our guest tonight today this morning whenever you're listening to this um, he he came to us through our one of our social media platforms. So as always, if you wanna, if you got a good story to tell us, if uh, you have an experience you want to share, get a hold of get a hold of me on Instagram, Shane Grove Author, or our From the Shadows podcast Instagram. Find us on Facebook at our forum page After the Shadows, or our Facebook page From the Shadows podcast. Or just go to the uh, go to the website from the shadows podcast uh, dot com, find our contact button and, and send us an email. Um, and and I'm going to just throw it out there. There's big changes coming to the website, but I, we won't talk about that just yet. We'll keep everybody in in suspense. So so before we uh, before we go any further left of center, um, let's bring our guest on. I think he's going to keep us down the uh, straight and narrow path, so to speak. So joining us is Chewy from Idaho. Chewy, welcome to the program. Welcome, Chewy. Hey, thanks, Shane and Jason, for letting me come on this show. Love your guys' show. And I'm pretty stoked to be here tonight and share some of these encounters. Oh, we hey, we appreciate it. I know we've been trying to... Uh, trying to make this work and uh you know jason taking a vacation didn't help but it, we won't rag yeah, on him right, anymore about vacation. that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right uh, so so chewy go ahead and tell us tell our listeners a little bit about yourself where you're at in the country um i mean i said idaho but you know i know you want to kind of 
paint a picture for everybody so so they can uh, enjoy these uh, encounters that you've been having. All right. Well, my name is Chewy, and I live in Twin Falls, Idaho, which is southern Idaho. And I'm a pastor, husband, father, and I'm 37 years old. And the area that I live in is called the Magic Valley. And the city of Twin Falls is built right on the rim of this huge canyon. And this canyon is actually deeper than the Grand Canyon. It's the deepest canyon in America. And the deepest part of it is called Hell's Canyon, which has a lot of creepy stuff, hence the name. And it's just a beautiful area. It's the Magic Valley itself sits in the high desert and just, but we're surrounded by, you know, the Sawtooth Mountains, the Rocky Mountains, the Smoky Mountains, and just a beautiful area. And this Canyon Rim, um, there's a trail there. There's a, you know, people go um, skydiving or they go parachuting off this bridge. It's like the only place in the world that you can do it anytime you want. There's like, so there's always thrill seekers coming from all around the world to jump off the the bridge and right across the canyon is according to my the research that i've done and they really push that here is the largest lava cave in the world which is pretty freaking awesome to go down there and you know they let you do tours and all that so it's a beautiful area um 1.7 million people in our state so there's not very many people here at all and it's, you know, it's a pretty decent sized state. And um, yeah, so it's just a, a great area. Lots of hiking, fishing, camping. Um, we basically live outdoors here in Idaho. And especially there's not many people here. You can be camping and you'll never run into another soul for days out there. So that's where I live. I'm, at, I love it. I'm, at, I'm actually like looking up some pictures of this. And, and I mean, you sent me a video of the lava cave, which was... Yeah, it's pretty. That's pretty creepy. I think. <laughs> I think, but this place looks amazing. Like, I can't believe you're not sitting outside right now talking to us. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, it's it's hard to believe. Um, and you know, especially, I mean, I've never been out west. How beautiful and some of the country is, you know, and just. It does seem magical when you start looking at, you know, the waterfalls and the canyons and the mountains and, you know. It's and like it, God's it, country. It makes you feel closer to God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so how can anything crazy happen out in the middle of this beautiful country? <laughs> well, this canyon, I really do think all these encounters and the encounters that me and my family have had stem from this canyon. This canyon, go, I mean, it's hundreds of miles long. It goes into Nevada, to Utah, to Oregon, and it just runs through the whole southern part of our state. So, um, and, you know, like I said, it's in all these different areas. So I believe, you know, Sasquatch and who knows what else uses it to travel for, you know, I, I've noticed it's around the colder months is when a lot of people report stuff and a lot of stuff happens is in the colder months. So um, I think they tend to travel at certain times of the year through this, through my area. So they, so you think they get down in the Canyon because it's as little populated as it is up top. 
Yeah, um, exactly. You think, the, you think yeah. these creatures ha- or whatever creatures are passive, they, they, there is even a less chance of them to be noticed down in that canyon then. Yep, exactly. There's, It's so massive, man. Like I said, it's just it's unreal. And there's just endless caves. And the caves are pretty much inaccessible, most of them, because, you know, the canyons is hundreds of feet deep. And so, you know, you'll have a canyon about or a cave about 75 feet off the ground from the bottom and another one 150 and then 200 and fit and so on and so on throughout the whole canyon for hundreds of miles. Wow. That's I that see, you know, I'm looking out and even in the dark, I can see the cornfield and the bean field. And I just, you know, it's here in the middle of Ohio and it's hard to imagine stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We love it here. Yeah, that sounds fantastic, Shane. You might have to uh, share that on our forum. Share that on oh, the, the shadows. Like what? The, the Twin the, Falls? Yeah. The Twin the Falls Chamber? And, yeah. The, t- the Twin Falls Chamber of Commerce move, you know, we're cryptids. <laughs> we're cryptids. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the other things I forgot to mention, it's called Twin Falls because there's two huge, massive waterfalls and it's we call it's called the Niagara of the West, and it's not as not as high, or it might not be as wide, but I know it rivals the um, Niagara Falls because I mean it's just a huge, huge. Yeah, I saw the I saw the picture. It was unbelievable. Like yeah. it's, it truly is unbelievable to see that. Just and to just think that you just where you live, it's just right there. Everything, all this stuff that you're describing is just right there at your back door. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what? So, tell us about what what is going on there in Twin Falls that you have encountered, or what some of the other people have encountered that you know. All right. Well, so the the main canyon, it's the Snake River Canyon, and it kind of spider webs out to multiple little canyons throughout. Um, southern Idaho, and one of those little canyons is called Rock Creek Canyon. It's about 300 yards from my house, so it's not far at all, and it's spider webs, you know, like a little miniature canyon, and so we moved to this part of Twin Falls a few years ago, and, you know, it's right by the can, the little, the littler canyon, and there's bike trails and hiking trails, all that cool stuff, so My family and I go down there one day, like the first week we move here, and we go for a walk on this little canyon rim trail, and I'm looking for an entrance just to hike down inside the canyon. So we're looking for one, and there's this house that's um, closer to the canyon than I am, and there was a gentleman outside, and we're walking, and I ask him, I'm like, hey, is there an entrance down here to this part of the canyon? And he tells me, no, there's not, you don't want to go down this part. He goes, you want to go around to the main entrance, which means we have to drive not far, it's just the other side of the canyon, but, you know, we have to get in our vehicles, go around the bridge. So I'm like, okay, thank you. And and I just, I just kept walking in that area. And lo and behold, I found a, a trail right where this guy's house was at. And so we start hiking down there and, you know, me, my wife and my two daughters, you know, at the time, one was eight and the other was uh, four. And so we start walking down there and it starts to get pretty rugged. And so we just come back up. 
and we we end up going home We're like oh that was cool and about a, a week later I go, we go for a walk again and this area where we went down in there they the city put a giant fence well like these big welded bars and you know keep out and no trespassing all that stuff and i was like that's odd this is a little suspicious you know that we we're just down there and the guy's like don't go there and then all of a sudden there's a big fence and so i thought that was strange and right on the opposite side of the canyon from where we live is is the livestock commission in Idaho, we have a lot of beef cattle, and so um, they auction these cattle off and all that. But they don't let them go in the canyon; they stay on the on the rim of this canyon. But I've seen one down there before, like it escaped somehow. And and one night, I was doing something outside, and I heard this cow just screaming bloody murder down there because it's not far at all from my house, and it's just screaming and it's gurgling like it's being eaten alive, man. And I'm like, holy crap, that's crazy to hear that. And so, you know, as I'm a pastor, I'm, I go to church that weekend and I'm doing something outside and I see this truck outside and it has a Bigfoot sticker on it, on the truck and and the guy's out there and I, you know, we just start talking and, and um, and he's a member of our church. And we, we started seeing, we had stuff in common, you know, he's a great guy. We became like really good friends and he's a federal investigator and he works for the department of environmental quality. And so he go, his job is outside investigating. He goes and checks the water sources, makes sure people stay up to code and all that. So I, he started telling me about, we got into Bigfoot because the sticker and he started telling me all the stories that he's gotten as an investigator in this area. And I was like, wow. And I, and I told him, I'm like, Hey, you know what? We went down this area in the Canyon and they put this fence up and, you know, a while later we heard this cow being eaten. And he says, he goes, that's pretty suspicious. He goes, you know what? We should go down there and just investigate. Cause he knows that though there are encounters of, of uh, Bigfoot down there, Sasquatch. And so we made a kind of a plan. We're like, okay, let's go down in the day and, you know, we won't go at night. So we did that. We met up at my house and we drove in my vehicle to the canyon, which again is 300 yards or so from my house. So we go down there and, and we, we don't even take flashlights because we're not planning on staying in the nighttime. So we go walking down, we start, you know, just looking for evidence and stuff. We're having a good time. And when you go down this trail or the entrance of the canyon, it's a, you know, there's a grade going down. And when you get to the bottom, the trail, you can either take left or right. So we took a left and we, wa we walked out there for maybe about 20, 30 minutes. And we got to an area that had uh, another big fence and, you know, trespassing. And he goes, he goes, we're going to go across it. And I'm like, he goes, if they say anything, he goes, I'm just going to say, you know, I'm, I'm investigating the area because he's got his you know his badge and all that I'm just like okay so we go and we go walking in there and you know how you can take a piece of grass and put it between your thumbs and you can do like wounded animal calls wounded rabbit calls so we started doing that just to mess around and all of a sudden we heard this huge growl come from inside the tree the bush you know the bushes and we froze in our tracks. And to me, I was like, I think that's a mountain lion. I, I hope that's a mountain lion. And and he's like, I think it's a mountain lion. So he's like, let's back up, you know, because there's mountain lions everywhere all over our area. 
they they always come into town and they have to be euthanized. And so we started backing it up and we, I backed up about 10 feet and, and I just, my back, you know, hit a tree and I just looked up at it and about 10 foot up this tree, it's just shredded, man. Like a, somebody took a chainsaw and they just shredded this tree and it looked like it reminded me when a grizzly tears those the bark up on the trees and here in Idaho we have grizzly bears but they're mostly and they are in uh, northern Idaho and uh, northeast Idaho because you know in Idaho we have Yellowstone National Park is in Idaho as well so there's a lot of grizzlies up there but it reminded me of that and I'm like wow that's pretty that's pretty interesting there's no grizzlies here you know so we we decided we should back out we backed out of the of that area and we went we went to the right we we just took the other route. So we start walking and we're talking and having a good time. And we're looking in the creek bed. We see lots of raccoon tracks. We see, a, you know, mountain lion tracks, just a lot of different critters down there. And before we know it, it's, we're about, I'd say, an hour, maybe an hour and a half from, from our vehicle. And it starts to get dark. And, you know, when you're in good company, the time flies because we were like talking and just having a great time talking about all kinds of cryptids. And it was just good. And before I knew it, it was it was that it was already getting dark and above the canyon. It can start. The sun will start setting and inside the canyon, it can be pitch black already because it's, it's, it's deep. You know, it's a deep canyon. So it, it got really dark and and we were like, OK, maybe we should go and because it's dark and, and our eyes were starting to get used to the darkness. So we're like, I'll just go a little bit more. So we start walking a little bit more and, and, and we noticed as we got into this canopy area where the trees cover the trail and you can't see any moonlight. It's just like pitch black in there. And as soon as we got in that canopy, it, it got creepy, man. Like I had the heebie jeebies, I like to say, and I didn't say anything, and, and he said it. He goes, it's creepy down here. There was no noises. Like, even at night down there, you're going to hear, you're going to hear even some birds at night. You're going to hear a lot of different creatures at night and crickets and all that. There's frogs in the creek. We didn't hear anything, and it was really strange. And so as we're walking, I see this maybe about 50 feet or so in front of us, a big black mass on the right side of the canyon trail. And I, and I see it and I'm, my mind is on my heart is racing. My mind is racing. I'm like, okay, that's gotta be a, a small tree or a big stump or something, you know, is what my, my mind is saying. And, and when I saw it, like, I didn't say anything to my friend and he stops me in my tracks and, and he saw it too. And then it moved. It, it took three strides, three steps and it crossed a 30-foot trail because the trail itself is about 10 feet, and you got 10 feet on each side before the tree line. So I could see it was bipedal, and it, and it was really weird. It wasn't like moving like a person. A person, you're going to see them kind of bob or something, and it just looked, it, didn't, it wasn't floating, but it almost looked like it, the body didn't move, but the, only the legs did, and three steps and it crossed, and I didn't say anything and you know when somebody confirms your worst fear, he, he goes, he goes, a creature just passed in front of us without me even telling him. He said that, and my heart dropped. And I and I was I was turned around, I was gonna run, and he grabbed me, he says, Don't run. He goes, Don't run. He goes, This is gonna make it worse. 
and and, and he we we just stood our ground and then when it crossed the, the trail it went into the heavy bush and the trees and we could hear it snapping branches and i don't know if it was doing it with its hands or if it was on purpose or if it was just crushing them as it was walking but it was coming towards us and so we started backing it up and i didn't have a firearm he had a firearm on him he wasn't he he wasn't pointing it but he already had it in his hand and we were and i had a just a pocket knife and you know i like to say this joke you know i'm hispanic and he's my white friend so I told him, I hope this thing likes white meat and not dark meat, man, because we're, we're in trouble here, you know. And so we started backing it up, and no joke, man, this thing followed us. We walked, and it would walk. We could hear it, and we could hear a low growl. Like, this growl was not really, really like a roar, but just a low growl. And and we just kept backing it up, and it followed us. We'd stop, and it would stop. And then I heard it, we heard another sound um, farther behind it, like there was more than one. And so we we walked back to back, basically. I was watching in front of me, he was watching in back, and we walked all the way out. And once we got out of the canopy area into the moonlight to where we can see, this thing would not come out of the, of the blackness, of the pitch blackness. It stayed in the blackness. It didn't want to come out. I guess, to be seen. And when we first saw it, it was, I, like I said, it's so dark in there in that canopy. Like, you, I mean, you can barely see it, but you can see this black was blacker than the blackness around it. It was really weird. And so when we backed out of the canyon or out of the canopy, it, it stopped, it didn't come out. And so once we got maybe about, I'd say 300 yards from the canopy, we ran. You know, we took off, we, we took off running, you know, when people say like, I'm a grown man, I don't run from anybody. Well, that day we both ran and we, we ran up back to the, to the grade. We got in my, my vehicle and we drove and, and we came, I came, we came back to my house and, you know, I have a man cave where I do a lot of studying and just hanging out and stuff. And so I have a bottle of bourbon that we bust out for, you know, special occasions. So I took that bourbon out and I poured us both the glass and, and I looked at him. I'm like, dude, did that just happen? I'm like, did that really just happen? And he's like, man, it happened. It followed us. And I'm like, bro, it's just down the street from my house. I'm like, that's crazy. That is down there. And so we, you know, we talked about it a little bit and, we ended up going back a couple of days later in the daytime and he's hunted all of his life. And he's, you know, like I said, he's an investigator. So he's good at judging distances and size and all that. And the estimation that we had that this thing was eight foot tall and the bulk of it, man, it was, it was bigger than bulkier than a refrigerator. You know, it looked like a, a just that giant mass, man. So eight foot tall, maybe 400 to 500 pounds, and the way it crossed that 30-foot path in three strides was, I mean, it just blew us away. And we didn't find any tracks or anything there. It, like, it, we didn't see any evidence of it. And so when I got home that night, you know, my wife, when he left, my wife's like, she's like, how did it go? Because my wife, she she um, used to not believe in any of this. She used to not want to, she thought it was just like, you know, for 
just a hobby that we had that I had. And I told her, oh, we had some action down there. We we saw something and, and it kind of followed us. It was huge. And she's like, oh, that's cool. You know, I'm glad you're making friends and doing stuff out in the wilderness. And so, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you I'm glad you almost died in the canyon. <laughs> but that's that's OK. <laughs> glad you're making friends. <laughs> yes, oh, took it very God. lightly. She took it very lightly because, like I said, she really didn't believe in this stuff. And so, uh, but that was soon about to change for the next things I'm gonna tell you guys. But well, I, I, I just, I just gotta, I just gotta ask a couple things. So, when you say, I thought, man, you guys hoped it was a mountain lion. Yeah. I'm like, why would you hope it was a mountain lion? <laughs> now I understand why you hope it was a mountain lion. And so the next time, so I'm hoping that the next time that you think, oh, we don't need a flashlight, it's not going to get dark, <laughs> that you check that off the, off the list. But I, I would have asked a little bit about your, about your friend. Okay. So, so he's out investigating, obviously, uh, natural resources and, and stuff. And he, what is his, what was his take on why they would um, just put gates up and say, don't, don't go down. I mean, because if you, what's the difference between going down one side of the Canyon versus the other side of the Canyon, you know, yeah, you're ended up in the same place, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's what he said. He's like this, and he's firmly believes, and he works, and he, and he's shared some stories with me that his um, those higher in rank have talked to him about how these these bigfoots are federally registered and acknowledged in the, with the federal government, and and so he believes that when they're located or they're known to to inhabit a certain area down in the canyon, they'll block it off and make it to where you can't go down there either to just for your own, basically for your own safety and, and that they don't get found out, that people don't discover that they're down there. So that's what he was saying. I told him about the fence and all that. He's like, oh, we're going to go down there. It was that, so he really straight up would say, no, the government knows they're there and they put those signs and fences to keep people out so they don't run into them. So, so are they doing it for your protection or for their protection, like the animal's protection? I he think says I was just going to say, I think they're doing it to keep them concealed because they do the same thing in Washington state. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. He says that they just don't want people to know that they're real and to keep them from people getting taken and eaten and stuff out there. Cause he's, you know, he's got, he does, he's researched all those missing persons reports and, and all that. Yeah. So that's his take on that. that it was, those are deliberately put up there to keep people out from something. And, and we want to find out what it was. Wouldn't it be easier just to tell people say, Hey, look, these things are out there. Go at your own risk. You know, I mean, rather than, because it didn't stop you guys from going down there, you know, and it <laughs> doesn't, you know, and I do understand like the national park system. And that's a huge moneymaker. Huge moneymaker. So, and you do not want to scare everybody out of the national parks. And if a couple people end up as, as lunch, man, eh, so be it. You know, it's just, I mean, really, I mean, that's kind of like, seems like the attitude of, uh, you know, uh, some, just some, uh, casualties, no big deal, you know, <laughs> no big deal. 
Jeez. So, so your, so your buddy is a firm boy. Now, was that his first experience personally? Or no, no, that with, um, with Bigfoot creatures. And I mean, he's had a lot of cryptid, um, encounters as a kid, you know, he was, he, he actually was, he had an encounter when he, he lived in Washington for a few years, but he was born in Idaho. And so that's what led him to just have this, that's kind of what, even the reason why he got into the industry that he got into was before, because he loved being outside and every, all the investigations that he's done, he always had, he was always had, um, cryptids on his mind he was always looking for evidence <laughs> and all that stuff and so, so idaho the canyon area also is a trout capital of the world like we have a lot of trout here there's a lot of fish hatcheries and so his his department was the the water so he'd go out and check the creeks and and, and check on the fish hatcheries all the big factories here that to make sure that they're that they're doing the right things um, with the water and putting the stuff back into the rivers and all that. And so he shared a story with me about the, um, one of these fish hatcheries that one of these guys was losing with these owners were losing a lot of fish. And, and so they, they started, they started waiting to see they, they knew it was people because people steal their other fish. They do that a lot. They'll go with nets or they'll go and fish at night and just take steelhead, salmon, trout, all that. So these guys are waiting to see who's stealing their fish. And, and like at three in the morning, they go down there and they see uh, three huge um, figures. And when they got close, they said that they had these giant baskets made out of wood. And they were shifty grabbing all these fish with these wooden baskets and running running back into the tree line. And that's what he told me that was told to him. And they didn't know what it was. They just said really big people were out here, like really big at night. And they had homemade nets out of wood that they were stealing my fish. And so we know what that is now. You know, we know these, these Bigfoot will come down and they'll, they'll eat people's fish. You know, they'll just, it's, I mean, all these fish are just in these open basically tanks is, is how they look. And, and that's, I mean, I've listened to and talked to a lot of people. I've never really heard of a Bigfoot type animal using like a net or something, you know, like, like that they had the ability to, um, I mean, if we think they make nests and, and, and stuff like that, of course they could probably fashion together some sort of contraption like a net or a basket. Um, if they really wanted to. So that in itself is kind of a, a unique story hearing that they were um, using something like that to help catch fish. Yeah, you know? that, that was pretty interesting when he told me that. I was like, wow, so, like, so they build baskets or something basically to go and load up on these fish. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is crazy. Or maybe it was just the last... Uh, knucklehead that got caught in the dark in the canyon. It was their rib cage, and they just had their rib cage. So, and and before we go any further, so other than mountain lions, what other? I mean, what else is down there in that canyon? That um, is there? I'm assuming are there deer? Are there? antelope or there you know other than the trout like to feed and what would be a other predators down there they have 
basically there's been black bears spotted down there, deer, elk, mountain lions, wolverines, badgers, um, raccoons, coyotes, all kinds of, I mean, even in our town, we get moose that come into town and, and, you know, it's all over social media and stuff. So there's, there's a lot of um, animals that travel through that whole canyon system. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there's a lot of predators and there's a lot of food. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, all right. So let's get back. So, so what proved to your wife then that, uh, you weren't just out there, uh, uh, playing hacky sack with your buddy in the Canyon. (laughs) Well, um, about some time passes by not much time. I'd say a week, two weeks max after, we saw that, you know, that creature down there and how I'm only living about, you know, 300 yards or so from this Canyon. You know, my, my wife tells me, um, she's like in the morning and one, you know, a couple of weeks after she's like, Hey, something big was on our roof last night. I'm like, what? She's like something big. She goes out, we were sleeping. I heard a big bang, a big thump. And then she could hear walking right on our roof she goes it was right above our bed right in our bedroom she and she says that she was petrified and and frozen in fear like she tried to wake me up she she was so afraid to even move that she just didn't she couldn't wake me up and she and she was all like waiting to hear it move again and she said she waited a long time and she goes man maybe i was maybe it was like a dream or something or like a half dream stage or something so some time went on and she went back to bed and so she told me that and I'm like, what? I'm like, okay. And at this time, and so Idaho's crazy with the weather. It, I mean, it'll snow and it'll, you know, it'll be back to, you know, 60 degrees. And then the next day it's 29 degrees, you know, and it's so it's crazy. So it was already going into fall and fall. We get sometimes really early snow. So anyways, um, there was, it, I know it was snowing lightly the night that night. So I went outside and I'm like, okay, if there's anything up there, there's going to be some kind of evidence. And I go up there and there, I could see tracks on the roof, but the snow covered them. But I could still see indentations like, and movement on the roof. And I'm like, what the heck? But I couldn't tell what it was. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what that is. Maybe my mind is trying to ration, you know, go for rational explanations. So I'm like, maybe it was a giant owl that she heard bang on there and, and was hopping or something. I don't know. And so I kind of just blew it off. And then another week or so goes by and, and, and I'm sleeping three, four in the morning. Some, something wakes me up and it's like, a something, some kind of noise woke me up and you know, the, the bump in the night, you know, I knew something woke me up. So I got up and I was like, listening there's, I can't, couldn't hear anything and my mind went to the roof from the week prior and I'm like and I started getting freaked out like is that what I heard and so I go to my little girl's rooms I check the windows are locked the doors are locked they're sleeping like little you know bugs snugging in the rug they're everybody's sleeping so I go and I shut the lock the lights on and off I flicker them outside and, and I wait a while I don't hear anything and but it's snowing again and so I'm like okay you know go back to bed so I go back to bed and in the morning I go and I'm like you know what I'm gonna go look out there again and I go out there and the snow stopped late in the night so whatever and and I looked and sure enough man there was more tracks on my roof and 
I mean, it was crazy. I was like, what in the heck? And I sent you guys that picture. I, you know, I went across yeah. my fence and I took a picture and I'm looking at these things and they look like triangle kind of, you know, the front of the, of the track is wide and it kind of goes down to a triangle and it has like a canine kind of a vibe to it. And I'm like, what in the heck is that? And, but I'm like, and my mind goes like, dude, this Bigfoot followed us home and it's been, you know, it's been on my roof. And so I call my friend up and I tell him, I'm like, bro, you got to come down here and look at this. And I tell him like past couple of weeks some weird stuff has been happening. And he goes, I'll be right there. And he comes over and my roof is, is tall, man. I have vaulted ceilings and, and I'm like, there's no way anything can jump up there. I look for scratch marks in the side of the house. There's nothing. And so he he look, he takes one look at those tracks and he goes, Oh my gosh. He goes, Chewy, he goes, That's that's not a big that's not sat those aren't Sasquatch tracks, too. That's a dog man. And I'm like, dog man. I'm like, I've never heard that term. I'm like, what I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, It's like a werewolf. And and I told him, I was like, like a werewolf? I'm like, no way. You know, Bigfoot is one thing, but a werewolf and he goes look at him and we st- we got a good look at him i'm like dude those are definitely some kind of canine track you know really when you can see it's bipedal like it's moving around up there like on two feet and so i start freaking out i'm like what the heck is going on here man a, a dog man so i get on and i started researching it and one of the, and and sure enough i find all these encounters and stories and and one of the first ones I listened to is about a rooftop encounter. And my heart just sinks, man. I'm like, what in the heck? I'm like, what? What is going on? It's really weird. So I, I don't say anything to my wife. You know, I don't I don't want to freak her out. And because I'm not 100% sold on it yet, you know, but I know, some, I know something weird is happening. So some time goes on and, you know, little things would happen. Like, you know, my daughter would wake me up at three, four in the morning. And she's like, that's, um, there's tapping on my window. And I'm like, tapping. I'm like, okay, let me go look. And I'll look outside. There's nothing. Turn the lights on and off. Nothing. I'm like, tell me about it. She goes, it was hard tapping. Like somebody, cause around her window, there's gravel, like, uh, our landscape. We have some little rocks. She goes, it sounded like somebody picked up a rock and was tapping on my window, like really hard. And I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, Whoa, in my mind is like that's like a claw or, or something you know that's tapping and and so i'm thinking about that and i'm and i'm like my mind is is like is this really happening or you know maybe she's dreaming and you know i'm trying to rationalize everything and uh, other times my my dogs i have little burrito sized dogs you know just little tiny chihuahua kitsu mixed dogs and they'll again three four in the morning they start crying in our room and I'm and I wake up and I'm like, oh, I think they need to go outside. But they're looking at the wall, but looking up, and they're crying and whimpering. And then I'll go and I'll and I'll try and grab them. They run under the bed. They wake and another night they'll do it again and wake my wife up. And my wife's like, they need to go outside to go bathroom. And I'm and in my mind is I'm thinking like, I think they hear something out there. So I tell them, no, no, we're not going to take them out. You know, we'll just make sure we'll do it first thing in the morning if they use the restroom in here i'll clean it up and so weird things like that were happening and you know when all this covid stuff hit you know my wife i forgot to mention she's uh we she's a teacher we 
we have a private Christian school at my church, and and so my wife is a teacher at the school, and so she's doing all the Zoom classes and recording her courses and all that. So she's sitting out back on our pat under our patio, and she's recording one of her classes, and I'm I'm in here in my man cave doing something, and she comes barging through the door, and she's freaked out, and she's talking at a thousand miles an hour. I, I can't understand her, but I know something bad's happened. And I think it's something wrong with the kids. And, and she says, she goes, she's telling me, she goes, a, she goes, a big black dog just looked over the fence at me. And I'm like, I'm like what? I'm like, what do you mean? And she, she goes, it was, she was recording my class. She goes, and a big black dog head, with big ears, she goes. She goes. It had a mouthful of teeth. All you could see was white, mouthful of teeth. It looked at me, and she looked at it, and she screamed and jumped, and she grabbed her. When she was getting off the chair, she looked, and it was gone. And and I'm like, okay. And she's like hysterical, right? And and the, and the thing is, like, our fence is like seven foot tall. It's I can't I can't see over it, you know. And, and I go out there, and I look, and this is daylight in the middle of the day. And I, and I go out there and I don't see anything. I don't see any tracks. I don't see nothing. But she's sure that something looked at her. She saw it in the corner, right? She had to re-record her thing and everything. And so she's freaking out. And and, fi and, I, and finally, I'm like, okay, you know what? I got to tell her about this. And and I told her, I was like, I told her everything that's been happening, every the things that we saw and that what she heard in the roof and the tracks I found. And she was so mad at me. She's like, why didn't you tell me about this? And I'm like, I was like, I don't know. I, I just didn't want to freak you guys out. And I wasn't 100% believing it. And and she was she was really ticked at me, man. And, and I was... And I was, as a husband and a father, you're right. You're supposed to protect your kids, and and I and she was she was really mad at me for a while, and it just it just hit her so hard for for this to happen, and and when she saw it, she she believed it. She's like, okay. She's like, well, I know that this dog man or whatever this thing is 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 real because it, it looked at me over the fence, and it had a mouthful of teeth, and so we we make you know we start we start freaking out and I start doing more research and we got an alarm system in the house with every window has alarm, every door. I alarm it at night. So, cause I started hearing stuff about these kids going out at night or being lured at night and, or them trying to come in, checking windows and all that. So we got an alarm system. We bought some pretty um, heavy duty firearms. We did a lot of training and we couldn't tell anybody about this cause we we're freaked out. Like who's going to, you know, I mean, come on, there's a werewolf that followed me home from the canyon and it's been harassing us for, for a while, right? So some time goes on and nothing weird, nothing else weird is happening. And another, you know, and I'm, again, doing something in my man cave. This is like my office as well. And my wife and my kids come running in and they're kind of, you know, I know like they're really, something's going on. They're talking a thousand miles an hour again. They said, they go, was that you out there, Dad? Was that you out there scaring us? I'm like, no, I've been here the whole time. And they said they were outside, the two girls, and they said that something pounded on the fence and shook it really hard. And and they screamed and they ran inside and they came and told me. And I go out there, again, there's nothing out there. I don't see anything. And 
and I and they're like, it was you, huh, Dad? I'm like, it wasn't me. It's like, here, let me let me try this. So I go and I start pounding on the fence and I start shaking it. And they're like, it doesn't even come close to how the whole fence was moving and how loud this fence was pounding. They go, I go, well, it wasn't me. And we come inside and my wife tells me, she goes, this, this thing, is that thing again, huh? I tell her, I don't know. I was like, maybe it is. Maybe somebody's pranking us or somebody, some other teenagers are doing something. I was like, I don't know. She goes, she goes that's it. We're, the kids aren't going to be able to go outside anymore. And she's, you know, she's freaked out. And I tell her, I'm like, I'm like, babe, you know, we can't let this thing control us. You know, let's, let's just keep, let's be cautious and let's, but she was like, no, our kids are not going out. So they didn't go outside for a while. And then things start to kind of die down. And, you know, we, we let our, definitely, we made our family rule. Nobody goes outside at night. You know, we stay inside once it starts to get dark, like nobody goes out. And so some time goes by and our kids are outside in the front, um, in the daytime and we have our blinds open watching them you know we have a basketball hoop out front and they're we're just doing their thing and then my oldest one comes running in she's like dad dad a bear just ran down the street and I, i'm like a bear she's like yeah i saw it it's a huge bear just it went running down the street and behind our house a ways there's a big um pasture in the field and they have horses over there so i tell her i was like maybe it was a horse that that you saw, she's like, no, no, it was a bear. And I tell her, okay, you know, I kind of doubted her because, you know, I'm like, that's a bear running down the street. My mind wasn't going to this creature or anything. I was like, maybe it was just, it was a big dog or or one of those horses. And so, you know, we kind of let it go and more time goes by and we decide to go on a bike ride, me and my oldest daughter. And we want to go down, you know, because this, again, this canyon rim is down from my house and it's a beautiful area. People are always walking down there. There's bike riding and family walks and all that. So we decide to go there, me and my oldest one on their bikes. And when you go down this canyon uh, trail, it kind of has a downgrade and there's houses closer to the canyon than mine. And one of these houses, they have this little German, it's not a little, it's still a pup. It's a German Shepherd, and it still has one of its ears down. And every time we drive by there on our bikes, it's holding his toy like he wants to play. And there's no backyard to this house. It's open. And so we go, we start going, and she's in front of me because it's downgrade, because if something happens that, you know, if I'm in front of her, I have to go uphill to, to help her. But if she's in front of me, I, I just will, I will come to her quicker. So we're passing this corner where we, and we see this dog that we always see. He's never barked one day at us, never made a noise. He just holds his toy and looks at us. And as we were going around this bend, this dog is just barking and barking, looking at this area in the canyon. And again, there's rock chucks and raccoons. There's all kinds of critters that come up from that canyon rim and they eat the grass and they, they really harass the, the neighborhood right there. So my mind is like, oh, he's barking at the critters. So we're going down and my daughter's in front of me and she's she's not too far from me, but I'm watching her and we're going and, and she just flies off her bike. She just jumps off her bike and on the side of this canyon, this uh, trail, there's a lot of goat heads and stickers and stuff. She lands in these stickers and she books it. And like I like to say, she flew off this bike and she ran and as she's running, she's yelling, she goes, she goes, there it is. There it is. 
And so I get to her, I get to where her bike is left and I jump off and I, and I hear movement to my left where the canyon is at. And all I see is black fur and it's going deep. It's like climbing down the cliff, going down in the canyon. And so I jump off my bike and we run. And I just tell her, go, go, go. And we start running. And once we get far enough, we, we, I stop and I'm like, what happened? She go and she says, uh, there was a black bear. She goes, a bear. She goes, it was looking at me and it, it made a movement towards me and it turned. And when it saw you, it ran, it ran back into the canyon. She goes, it, was gonna, it looked like it was going to grab me. And I tell her, and my mind is like, I'm thinking it's this creature. I'm like, well, what did it look like? Tell me. She goes, it had the long, big ears in the, in the mouth, like a, a snout, like a bear. I go, was it sitting down or what? She goes, I don't know. She goes, and I started digging her brain a little bit. And, and she says it had a massive neck. She goes, it had a big neck. And so my mind is going like, you know, so I hear that some of these creatures are have thicker hair around the neck or like, almost like a mane, not quite a mane. And so we, and I don't know what to do, right? And I'm freaking out. Our bikes are still there. So so we, we go home and I call the fishing game. And, and we're, you know, me and my wife, well, I told my wife first and she's livid again. She's mad. She's scared. She's shaking. She's like, you have to do something. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm going to call the police and say that, you know, a werewolf has been harassing us, you know? So I, I called a fishing game and I told them exactly what my daughter said. I said, you know, my daughter said a bear lunged at her from the canyon rim and they came down. And, and when they came down, they came with their guns and dark guns and, and they were ready. They were ready for some action. And I, sh- I pointed to the location and they're like, Hey, have you heard any, um, anything about big black dog around here running around? And I told them, I didn't say anything about a big black dog. They're like, well, we're just wondering maybe if it was a dog she saw instead of a bear. I'm like, Oh no, she's pretty adamant that it was a bear, not a dog. They're like, all right. So they go down th- to that area and they're on edge. I could tell they're on edge. And my mind is thinking, like, man, they know something. Like, something's going on. Like, why would they say mm-hmm. you know, yeah. big black dog and this and that, and that? And they go down there, and they're like, okay, you know what? Wherever where you guys saw this thing at, there, it, it, there's no mud. So I didn't leave any tracks. And there, it didn't snag. Like, there was no um, branches in that direct area. So they made it sound like it knew that it wasn't going to leave evidence, you know, like it wasn't going to leave any trace of itself is how they were seeing it in a way that I was understanding it. Like what? And they go, well, we can't set traps right here, you know, because the, the community that's close by, but we're going to, we're going to go down there and we're going to have our talk to our supervisors and we're going to see if we can track if it was a bear. I'm like, all right. And they're like, well, just don't come down here by yourself. If you come down, make sure it's in the daytime and be sure you come in groups. And so we left it at that. Uh, you know, I called them a few days later. They said they never found it. That they, they never found any evidence of it. And so I was just like, okay, man, that's 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 really really weird. So that was like our last draw. We were like, you know what? We're we're people of faith. You know, we're we we believe in you know in the paranormal. We believe, we know that there's more than just to what the general public believes you know we know there's more out there and so i decided um my we just my wife and i decided to talk to our oldest daughter about it and i didn't want to man i was just like i don't want to tell her about this you know but we decided you know what was best for our family that we talked to her about it and so 
um, as I talked to her, I told her, hey, you know what? Um, when you saw that bear, you know, I, I know it wasn't a bear. It was something else. And she's like, what do you mean? And, and I told her, and she was just, she was also in shock. And then, just like her mom, she was mad at me, too. And she told me, she goes, I told you I saw that big thing running down the road, Dad. She goes, I told you I saw it. She goes, it was that thing, right? That dog, man. I was like, I don't know. She goes, it had to have been. She goes, it had to have been. And, she, and I apologized. She was like, I'm sorry for not believing your, your sighting that you saw. And, we, and so we, we were like, okay, well, what are we going to do as a family? We, so what we decided was to put our faith, really like hunker down in our faith. Like this, this whole thing brought us closer together as our family and even our faith. It builds up our faith. So I have a plum tree in the backyard. What I did is I took some branches out and I, we made some crosses out of these plum tree branches and I covered them in anointing oil. You know, since I'm a pastor, we do a lot of anointing oils and stuff. So I, we prayed for these crosses, put anointing oil them on, and we buried them in the four corners of our property. And basically, we made a hedge of protection around our property. And and once we did that, we haven't had anything else on our property. We haven't had any, no more tapping on the windows, dogs crying, looking at the walls, things on the roof, you know, the thing looking at over the fences and hitting the fence and you know, we haven't, none of that. We haven't any more encounters. The, the last weird thing that happened regarding this creature was on um, our fireworks show for New Year's. You know, we went to the front and 12 o'clock, we lit some fireworks and, you know, the kids are having a great time, you know, they're drinking cocoa and giggling and running and doing these fireworks. And I bought this sprinkler one where it just showers and it's really loud, it whistles really really loud and pops a bunch of you know like like just a lot of bangs and so i lit that one and it's going and my wife says what is that and I, and i'm i'm like what, what is what she goes you hear that and i'm and i started listening and we could hear this loud roar screech yell whatever you want to call it that was coming from the canyon as this firework was so loud going off it was it was going, and then once the fireworks stopped, this thing was still yelling, like it didn't stop. And and that's what blew me away. I'm like, what can scream that long, that loud? You know, it, it had a massive lungs or something, and it and then it and when and it went to a low. It was just going really loud, and then it went low and it stopped. And we had a more fireworks to go, but I was like, all right, guys, time to go in. The fireworks show is cut short this year, and we go inside, and and that was the last thing regarding this creature um, on my property that we've had. But, so yeah, that's that's what opened the window or the door for me researching these and then fight, and then hearing about all these other encounters that people have had in my area with this creature or some creature like this. And it's just, um, it's just been mind-blowing. Well, that's, why I'm, that's why I wondered. So you did find that there were other people that had experience with this dogman creature. Yeah, there has been. So a couple things. I, I wanted to go back to the first story. Like, have you ever gone to your neighbor, the guy that's between you and the canyon, and said, all right, dude, what have you seen? Because if that guy, if he's right there by the entrance and the dog man creature is 
we're going to assume coming from the Canyon, that guy's got to know something, Bigfoot, dog man, whatever. Right. Have you ever had that discussion? No, I haven't. I've, I've tried to talk to him just to, to open up a conversation and he just, he's not really a person that wants to talk, but yeah, I've, I've wanted to do it. I've wanted to, I mean, it took me everything to tell my wife. Right. And, and I was like, man, what, you know, for one, you know, I'm a pastor and we have, you know, it's like, it's the biggest church here in the magic Valley, you know, a couple thousand members and, our school, there's hundreds of kids in the school and I, I oversee the school and really outstanding person in our community. And I was just like, man, I don't know what to do, what to say, you know, I'm going to be really killed. And because when I first heard it, I was like werewolf, I'm like, whatever, man, you know, that's funny. But I've never talked to anybody in our neighborhood about it. I did one night we were playing basketball and there's kids down the street that live closer to the Canyon we were playing basketball in the front and it started to get dark. And I'm like, Hey, you guys should get home. We're like, what? We always play out at night. I'm like, well, you never know, man. We live close to the Canyon. And, and they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, there's could be bears and mountain lions down there. And they go, Oh, you know what we saw? I, I was like, what? They said that they were on the Canyon ramp throwing rocks into the trees and it was getting dark. They said, and then a big shadow came out of the tree line and it had big horns on the top of its head and it was standing on two feet. And they said they thought it was the devil. And and my mind was like, no, those are ears. And they thought they were horns. Ah, yeah. Okay. Ears. And so they told me that story. And so I was like, oh, okay. So that's pretty much just like the farthest I've got in, in, in this, in my little community of neighbors and people down the street of, of um, this creature. So it's, so it's like one of those deals where there's probably every other person has a, either has a sighting of their own or knows somebody who does, and nobody wants to talk yeah. and because they don't want to be ridiculed. And now I do want to ask you, ask you this about this, this dog man creature, because, um, and I don't know if you've heard, heard our episode where uh, the judge who's with us quite often on her and if you've ever heard his dog man encounter yeah the cornfields yes and uh, and so that led us you know we talked to linda gottfried on an episode and it kind of led us to do some of our own investigation around here and we kind of based off of linda's um direction kind of figured out that maybe these creatures are tied to indian burial bounds or bear, you know, places of, uh, bear, like, is there maybe, is there something like that around where you guys live or down in the Canyon that maybe this thing is protecting or this thing is, is looking over? I mean, I don't know. Is that anything you've looked at? Yeah, I've actually looked in that and that's quite possible that I know the natives lived all around this area and they, you know the canyon was a big part of their culture now they are there's a reservation in pocatello idaho falls that's maybe an hour and a half from me and so i know this whole area and is is um i mean we live in the magic valley so in that there's a lot of magical stuff and weird things that happen you know and and it stems a lot from from the native culture well and and the one thing that gets me about you know, the dog man creature is, 
it's just like that. Like to me, those things are way more dangerous than a Bigfoot, just for whatever reason. Okay. And to me, like, what's it matter if you're with your daughter on your bike? Like that kind of creature should, in my mind, just be able to snag both of you and just take off with you if it wanted to. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, why is it, why is it more, why is it scared to attack when there's more than one person? You know, yeah. but that, but that seems to be, it, it just seems to be some, the people that I've heard have had these encounters. It, it, the stuff that keeps it from really getting them, in my mind, it's almost like, man, how does that, like, does it not really want to get you? Does it just want to get you out of where you're at? Is almost, is almost what it seems like it's doing, you know? Yeah, and I've had the many nights, man, where I've wrestled with this because, guys, it always felt like it was one step ahead. Like, I just saw it that one night in the canyon, but my, me and my kids have seen it, my, my wife saw it, and it was always a step ahead, and I was getting mad for a while there. Like, why don't you show yourself to me? Why don't you come for me? You know, why you, and and why do you go for my kids and my wife? And and then I started thinking, like, that's really, like, predatory to go for, you know what I'm saying? It's like, pre like that predator, like, why is it, does it enjoy harassing them and seeing them tear, like, like, my mind was just everywhere. And, yeah, I've wrestled with that, like, why, why do you choose to, to stay a step ahead of me and, and just to know that, you know, that you harassed my family, but not me directly, you know? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean. I don't envy anybody that has ever had a run in with these creatures with dog man. And, and now, so you're, you definitely, after seeing the, what you thought was a Bigfoot down in the Canyon, there's a big difference between what you saw that night and what's hanging out in the backyard and running up and down the street. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And, you know, when I first heard the term dog man, I was like, I had like a funny picture in my mind, but my grandma is from Michigan and, you know, she was born in Michigan, lived a lot of years there. She, when I was a kid, um, she used to tell me about the Michigan Wolfman. And oh yeah, yep. she would tell me that it would, she lived um, outside of Saginaw. And so she would say that it would eat the homeless people and it would take people from the railroad tracks and, as a little kid, she's telling me this, and I'm. I thought I really didn't take it seriously. That was just scary stories she's trying to tell me. But now, like I'm connecting it. I'm like, whoa! Like, like it, my grandma even knew about this thing and in her area. And you know, I've I've been coming back and forth from southern Texas or central Texas and Idaho. You know, I'd stay there a couple years. My family would come back to Idaho, stay in Idaho a couple years, and go back. And we lived in Hayes County, which is. Um, outside of Austin and in this my grandpa's house he had a he had some woods behind his house and I was probably about nine years old or so and a friend and my and mine were he was having we were having a sleepover and we were sleeping in the living room on one of those bed those couches that turn into a bed and we're watching a, some kind of scary movie or something and we're sitting there and we hear we're watching the movie we have a bowl of snacks and my grandpa's door is like right by the living room and, and our porch to the backyard, it has a big window and it goes straight to the woods. 
and we heard a creak like somebody was walking and we both looked and we waited we didn't see anything and and my mind was like oh the movie you know the movie's hyping us up so i go back in and i'm digging in my snacks and i and we hear the creak again but i'm i don't look this time i'm digging in my snacks and my friend he he screams bloody murder and the bowl of snacks goes flying everywhere and my grandpa comes rushing out and he's like, what happened? What happened? And my friend says, a baboon looked through the window. It was a, a big baboon just looked at me. And my grandpa grabs his shotgun and he runs out there and, you know, there's nothing out there. And he swears up and down that it, it was, looked like a baboon, something with like a snout kind of a thing. And, and you know, I grew up believing in Bigfoot and I didn't know that there was potentially different types or you know, things that look like a Bigfoot, but that has a dog snout. And, you know, I didn't know any of that. And, and so even that encounter brought back, I was like, man, that was, maybe it was some kind of weird creature like that we saw or that he saw out there. And the area is called Hayes County. And the reason why I believed in Bigfoot at such a young age is my uncle, who's also from Michigan, and he was living in Hayes County with us at the time. He was telling me when he was a teenager in Hayes County that he was driving on the back roads with friends and they were getting high and, and smoking weed, right? And he says that they pulled over on the side of this little dirt road and there's a lot of weeds and bushes on each side. And he says he's in the passenger side and has his window down and they're they're smoking and laughing and telling jokes and stuff. And he says right next to his face, he says two giant hands open up the reeds and he says a Bigfoot stuck his face in the reeds and it was about a foot from his face and he says he locked eyes with it and it had a it had a giant scar on its face and he says it looked at him and one at a time it looked at everybody in the vehicle and they and they they were frozen and then it just let the reeds go and they could hear it walk off and they sped off and they went and told our family and the family just said you guys were high like you guys you know we can't believe you <laughs> and so he told me that story as a kid in that area that he saw it was not too far so i've always been really intrigued by bigfoot since since then and so i just it just you know was such a cool thing and it opened up that whole new world of stuff that happened to me here in idaho i mean the rabbit hole guys I couldn't believe, I mean, it, it's it's pretty crazy. So when I started researching this, um, first I researched in my area, right? And then I get into this whole missing 411 thing and I see, I watch the documentary and dude, the first documentary film is filmed at about an hour and a half from my house. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? That whole David Pilates thing, it's, it's in Idaho Falls or, you know, Pocatello area right there. And, and all these, you know, and that just blew me away. I'm like, that is crazy. And it takes me back to memories as a kid. Again, I just didn't tie things together, you know, as a, as a young kid, maybe seven years old or so. When I lived in Idaho at the time, um, my mom's um, boyfriend at the time, they had a ranch out here in uh, the Magic Valley. And his nephew, he had a, my little cousin was a little boy, like maybe four years old or so, three years old. He came up missing and today, they still haven't found him. He's on the missing um, child's thing here in Idaho. His name is uh, Ruben Morales. You guys can look him up. And and I remember there was a big old thing. It was all, all over the news. But what happened was he came up missing. And so they brought the dogs in. And the dogs got his scent from the house. And they tracked it. 
all, I mean, it was like a mile and a half, two miles of track them. And it went through a couple fields. It went through an old abandoned railroad yard, a couple more, more fields, and it disappeared at the creek. And all they found was this shoe. But the weird thing is, like, again, this missing 411, the time frame that this little kid couldn't walk a mile and a half through the fields, through the abandoned railroad yard, all that stuff. And they never, they drained the river and they never found them. And so I was researching the missing 411 and it's the same stuff, man. A little kid traveling great distances and, oh, and yeah. weird stuff, yeah. finding his shoe at the creek bed. And so all these things were happening and it, and it, and it just, it just blew me away. I'm like, man, I'm like in the darn epic center of it all. <laughs> So does that, so does that, like, like, as you step outside to, to go start your day, do you like, like, does it make the hair on the back of your head stand up? Like, okay, what's that? What's going to happen today? Or, you um, know, I mean, absolutely. When I go check the, if I got to go throw the garbage at night, if I forget to do it or the trash is coming in the morning and I got to put it out there at night. I mean, I'm always freaked out, bro. Like, it really, it's just changed me and changed my wife. And, you know, getting something out of the truck at night, like, it's always on my mind, man. Like, it never leaves. It's just always there. I mean, I mean, do you think about leaving? Or do you guys love it there otherwise? There's, we, I mean. We've thought about leaving, but more it's like my thoughts. Like, I'm not going to let whatever this is push me out of my home and, and this area is, is just a beautiful area. And I mean, I've battled the whole thing with we're not going to the canyon no more. I mean, me and my daughter would go on daddy-daughter dates and go fishing down there and stuff. And it just took all that from us, man. And But it took some time to where finally we got to a place where we're like, you know what, we're going to we're going to go hiking. We're going to go fishing. We're going to go enjoy the family walks and have the picnics right there, that beautiful area in the daytime, of course. And of course we're packing heat too, you know, at the same time, <laughs> we're just taking precautions, but we decided we weren't going to let this um, push us out of our home in our area. Well, well, Chewy, um, I, you know, these are some, these are some of the best stories. I think Jason, I mean, I think you'll agree. I mean, oh, yeah, I've been no, on, no. I've been, I've been on edge since you started telling the story and, and I didn't even, I'm in a nice well-lit office. I don't even have to worry about <laughs> walking in the Canyon without my, without my flashlight. But, uh, <laughs> but I, but I'm just going to tell our listeners, we're going to end this episode here because we're going to come back next week and we're going to Chewy's got some stories from his experiences as a pastor um, that we're going to get into. And if they're half as good as dog man peeking over the fence and, and, and stuff, I think everybody's in for a, uh, for a real, real treat. So Chewy, thanks for sharing these, uh, cryptid stories with us and, uh, can't wait till the, till next week. Yeah. Um, thank you again for letting me do this. And, um, one more small thing that I forgot to tell you guys. Oh, geez. Um, okay. All right. This whole, this whole missing 411 stuff. I sent you guys this picture of this red tent down in the Canyon. Yeah. And so my friend, the investigator, he went down there to that same area. We had the encounter. And he says that he found this shredded up tent site with a tent shredded. And there was empty bullet casings all around the tent, but there was no people. 
there was no bodies, nothing, and and he it was get it was starting to, it was gonna get dark, so he took off. And when he went back in the morning early at first light, he says it was gone. It was all cleaned up, and there was nothing there. And so that was really really weird. Is and that's the picture you sent me, or that yeah. there's once. Are yeah. you serious? Okay. Well, we'll definitely put that and some of the other pictures up at, uh, when this episode comes out because that's crazy. So here's the thing is he's a, works for the federal government, right? Your, your yeah. buddy. And he's scared once to get out of there. Who's coming in then to clean the mess up? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. Like who – who did, you know, it was really suspicious and, and, but our thought on it and him just looking at the area says that somebody had a rude awakening and they've shot, they, they fired all their shots they can get and whatever it was still demolished the tent and threw all their stuff all around, ripped up their bags and stuff. And there was nobody ever found. And they, we always have missing persons reports from the Canyon people hiking. I mean, I'll send you guys another one. There's one of this car that's overturned on the Canyon rim and the people are missing out of the car. They don't know the, they, I mean, it's a news clipping. They don't know where the people at. And I've heard those things of these creatures running across the road at night to get you to wreck or to come out and investigate. And the people are gone, man. They just never found. Wow. That's crazy. Hey, the picture of the picnic table. Okay. That you sent. Uh, Jason, wait till you see this picnic table. This is one of those metal picnic tables with like the mesh top. Okay. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yep. And you and I together, Jason, on our best day, couldn't grab this corner and twist it the way this thing is twisted. I mean, that's either a bear, and I don't think a bear's doing that unless it's getting some. I mean, the, whoever did this or whatever did this has some power to them. No, I don't I'm think just, I haven't seen the picture yet, but yeah, I don't think a bear would be able to twist cause they don't have the opposable thumbs, but yet, you know, they probably can, uh, you know, put their weight on it and mash it down, especially a grizzly, you know, we're, this we're isn't, grizzly. this isn't, this isn't mashed down. This looks like somebody said, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the picture right now. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Yeah, it's straight up twisted up, man. Like, and there's no vehicle in the area. And the metal, uh, the metal post or whatever you want to call it that goes between the benches on this is bent. Hmm. I mean, it's like a. When I found that camping that night, that day, and we were looking around our campsite and we found the more like that, the tree with the claw marks is the same, like 10 feet from that table and we found that when i was camping up in the mountains i was like whoa it's like maybe we should go find another spot <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it literally looks like something about 700 pounds sat on the corner of this picnic table Jeez, is about what it yeah and I'm and you still go to 700 pounds too and you, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's from okay. the shadows joke right there <laughs> that's the front inside from the shadows joke. Yeah. um um and you still go down to this place, Chewy. I'm not sure that uh, you're in your right mind. So, <laughs> so on that, so on that note, um, we'll wrap this episode up, and we'll be back next week with part two with Chewy. All right.
Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs>